thank you everybody for taking the time out to listen to me once again this is real talk with tim and i'm back with another episode shout out to everybody who's been showing me love on my podcast i really appreciate that now if you have apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify or iHeartRadio, please make sure you go look me up on all four platforms and keep up with the content also make sure y'all go follow me on instagram at real talk with tim and twitter at rtwt podcast to keep up with the content as well now today guys i'm honored to interview today's guest but y'all know how i do it on my platform i'm allow her to introduce herself because that's the only way to go on my platform so go ahead and take the floor hello 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 hi guys dahlia deering here i am an author I own Fawn Fables LLC, which is a children's book company that I created that is centered around three core principles, which is one, teaching children how to celebrate their differences together, two, teaching children about self-love and self-acceptance, and three, helping them enhance their critical thinking and problem-solving skills. In a word, we at Fawn Fables make morals fun. So um, through scholastic reading. So that is me. Mm. Also, in addition to that, um, I also help other authors who are or aspiring authors take their ideas from paper to publish. So that is something else that I also offer as well. Impressive. Impressive. Now, before we learn about Dahlia Daring, the author, Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about Dahlia Daring, the person. Honestly, I am big on reading and growth and empowerment, leadership. Um, I'm very, very strong or very, very passionate about living with an intention of legacy. That is my personal mantra. And everything that I do being about passing along, well, gleaning knowledge first, and then passing that along to any and everyone that I come in contact with. My personal um, things that I like to do is write poetry as well. In addition to being an author, writing children's books and things Mm. like that. I enjoy poetry. I like to write poetry. Um, Mm. I love romance. So I like to watch romantic shows. I'll read some romantic books, but I probably I like to see that more than read that. So um, have you have you ever wrote? um, I know you're a children's book author, but have you ever wrote? any other book or publish any other book that was uh not related to you know children or whatever i have not not dahlia deering i haven't um i am like i said i write and help other people with their dreams so i've been a part of other people's oh okay yeah seems like you like to help help people a lot so that's a that's a good characteristic yes so if it has my name on it no i have not Oh, okay, okay. Now, I do want to know, when did you find the inspiration to uh, basically do books specifically uh, dedicated to children, like children's books? When did you find that inspiration? So, I've always wanted to write children's books, but it wasn't until, I want to say, last year that I really put myself in a position to say, you know what, I'm going to go for this and I'm going to go full throttle. Like, I don't believe in halfway doing anything. I've, I've been wanting to write. I've had ideas. I create characters all the time. I've been doing it since I was younger. So being able to bring them to fruition was just something I really wanted to do. And I decided to do that at the um, latter part of 2021. Mm. So what, what, uh, 
what sparked the brain? Like, what, what did you see? What did you read? What made you say, you know what? I'm about to start writing children books. <laughs> I mean, just just because, like I said, I wanted to do it. Mm. But also, I, I wanted to deal with some things that were going on with me personally. And right. I think that as I was trying to, I'm on this journey to personal development. And I start to realize that there are a lot of things that I was doing that were stemming from my childhood that I believed. And so initially my goal was to write for and to the little girl and me and healing her. And then I realized that, you know what, this can be something that can heal and help others as well. And why not put that in a form of children's books? And so that's where that came from. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's impressive, man. That's impressive. So, so tell us a little bit about Farm Fables and what was the initial goal when you created the company? So with Farm Fables, I've always had a love for deer and I've been looking into them and, you know, there's, there's so many different reasons why I came up with fawns because when I learned more about deer, deer are one of the few creatures that are created that don't have necessarily a, an aggressive defense mechanism. Like they're not, they're not necessarily going to bite you. Like that's not their nature. They literally are here. I hate them. I hate them. I love them so much. I hate them with a passion. What? I mean, even though they don't look intimidating. I mean, they, no, no. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. I'm not even going to say they don't look intimidating because I believe the the male deer, they got the antlers, right? They got yeah, the, the antlers. Yeah. Just just when you driving and you just see them stare at you, it just look like they ready to start something. Like they get ready to charge at you. I just yeah. hate looking at them. <laughs> well, I have always loved them. They're very docile creatures typically. Um, and I learned about their young. And when I learned that they're young from birth, how fast they learn to run hop stand just because they need to be able to defend themselves right um, was amazing and when and i and i write about that sometimes but the biggest thing is it reminded me of our own children how they come into the world defenseless and needing to learn as quickly as they can to adjust to do certain things and how as parents it's important that we huddle around them and protect them as much as we can and arm them with the things they'll need to survive um that was important to me so i wanted to create a book company that did that for kids as well that is that is so creative see that that just mean that that was meant for you <laughs> that's exactly what that means that for a person to just sit there and think like that and just piece all of that together come yeah. up with this company publish these books that's creative man that was that mean it was meant for you yes which brings me to my next question okay. because you know, I was looking at, I was going through YouTube when I realized I was about to talk to you and stuff. I went on YouTube. I saw some things, you know, awesome. saw a video and it was a video of you saying, you know, I don't know how old it is, but it was a video of you saying it's a little hard to accept that you're a children's author. Yes. Uh, that you, that you, you know, that you're a children's book author or whatever. Yes. And it's like, you said it, it's still like when you refer to other people as a certain type of author is easy to accept but then when you ref- when you refer to yourself it's like what i'm a children's book author <laughs> what's what's going on why like how is it is it still hard to accept or are you accepting it more now 
so since then my titles have changed so much with my growth so that part has become easy because now outside of just being a children's book author i've taken on publishing i've taken on helping other people there's so many other things that i've done but one of the things i talk about um in that video i think i believe because it's it is older that is one of my older ones is knowing that that weakness when i would say you know, I'm a children's book author and I would say it with that question mark. (laughs) It was more like I hadn't earned my own respect is what it was. I hadn't done enough for me to feel comfortable standing next to other people that I felt like had earned their stripes. And so this journey on personal development, because I'm big on that as a reader, someone who champions reading, obviously, um, as an author, I had to get to a point where I was reading the right books, arming myself with the right knowledge, studying my craft. When I am not in front of the camera or dealing or helping other people, I spend most of my time reading and learning and perfecting what it is that I'm telling the world that I'm doing, which is writing children's books, helping people with their brand and branding, being a voice to those who, you know, being a voice for reading and, and championing reading in in, 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 in fawns, that's what I call them, fawns, but kids. Right. I'm always studying those things. And I think over time of consistently doing that and putting that time in, the confidence started to come because I felt prepared. Right. I knew that. in your craft. Yeah. yeah. Now, now I know I can say this with pride to whomever because I know that I put enough time in for myself to respect that title within me. No. Right, 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 right. So let me ask you another question. So before you are before you are about to write a book, mm-hmm. where do you how do you come up with like your material? Like do you research or do you like go through personal things to come up with your titles? and stuff like that like how do you go about that so as a creative which i definitely consider myself a creative my characters and my books typically come to me and they and most of the time they'll come to me in the form of a character Mm -hmm. they they will come to me in the form of some type of personality and it's hard to to put this into words that i can feel and i'm like okay there's something that's trying to be born here and i kind of just give it room to be and do whatever it wants i talk a little bit about um i don't know if it's in that same interview if you watch it i talk a little bit about my creative process and it's a little it's a little different but that's what works for me so i immerse myself like when i'm getting a character and i'm writing i immerse myself into the mood of whatever that is so yeah. there's times where if I'm writing about a villain in a, in a book, because I create so many characters, I don't publish everything. But oh, if I'm writing about a villain, I've probably got on black lipstick and I have got something in my head. Like I am in my angry mode. Whatever, whatever mood you in. That's whatever. How you, that's because how you I'm, I'm channeling that character. I'm trying to put that through. And I do um, mother half. He's not here right now, but he lives with me. And he kind of walks by it and he's just like, I don't over there but it's because it's very important to me that when i'm creating and i have that 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 thought or that inclination like you said that comes to me that i let it go wherever it wants to go and there's a lot of times that characters and things that are being created in you because you said something earlier and didn't even know how true it was certain things are meant for you certain things you were born to be and there are characters like the lumberjack that i wrote about which is my first book worth the wood 
the lumberjack is actually that book's concept is from years ago when i was oh, young that like one of your first books or first few he the character himself the book came now but the character itself and what it represented came to me a long time ago because i learned my my family is older and 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 more country in certain areas so i'm a, i'm from miami but my dad's side is from um like a country part of jacksonville and you know florida right and they would my granddaddy would chop wood all the time and he would tell us um that you don't chop wood on a, you don't take all day on a tree that's not going to give you anything that's worth the wood and he would right. say that he was like, cause there are some trees that are stubborn at the root and you can chop at that tree all day. And by the time you get it down, it's only going to give you about five to 10 minutes worth of fire. That's not worth the wood. Why would we spend our time on that? And so that character and that thought process um, has traveled with me all up, all the way up until now. That's crazy because I was looking at your book. I am greatness. Yes. And since we're talking about the moves that you're in, when you write your books, Yes. So what mood were you in when you wrote that book? When you wrote that book, were you feeling like you were great at the moment or at the moment I was facing dealing with some things and having confidence, you know, certain confidence issues with just cuz I'm always attacking something large. That's just how I am. Right. So, um I guess that's the Leo in me, you know, we go for the big stuff. But the thing is I was I was going through that, but I was again nursing and and, and treating and talking to the little girl in me and letting myself know as I was dealing with this confidence that I am greatness. I am enough. Right. I am made perfectly. Right. And just trying to enforce that within myself. I'm very big on affirmations, very big on when you're having those moments, your self-talk because self-talk is so important. And as I was creating this, I was envisioning some of the self-talk that all little people go through, all fawns, like I call them, throughout right, the world right. when they're having their moments. And I thought to myself, what if I wrote this book that gave them affirmations that they say in the mirror and repeat to themselves about being great? And because I want it to be in every fawn all over the world, whether they're black, white, or indifferent, I want them to know, regardless of what they they're disadvantages quote-unquote to everyone else may be or differences may be they are great and so I started to write this book and I actually started to pour what I was wanting to feel wanting to tell those children into the book but then I started to also be empowered by it so it's almost like a cycle of like healing and also right, helping right, right. at the same time right okay so like what is it like working with the other authors that are part of uh fawn fables uh do you go through the same like not to say that they work like you like they're in the mood they write their books and stuff like that but what is that what is that uh process like when you're working on a book with the other authors i'll tell you this it has it is definitely enlightening and no enlightening and no it's not like working with me it's not that it's better or, or or worse. It's just that it's different because now I've got to take somebody else's vision out of their head based on whatever they put on paper and convert it to what they really want it to say. Because a lot of times when people come to you and they have their raw thought, it probably is not reflecting what they think it's reflecting. Right. And so it's my job to look at that and take them from point A to point B. And um, to give you an example of that, there's this quote that I learned in college that I never forgot. And um, it goes, I'm not sure if what I said 
is what you heard. And I'm even less sure if what I meant is what you understood. Mm. And so that is exactly, that's exactly what happens though. When you're trying to take somebody else's idea and give it life, give it face, bring it into a physical form, because you've got to try to understand what they're saying. And then you've got to decipher what they mean. And right. so that that therein lies the difficulty in all, you know, communication and, and arguments and marriage and everything else. But right, right. that is definitely something. And it's, it, it's, it's definitely enhanced my critical thinking skills. It's definitely enhanced my communication skills. And it's given me perspective in a way that you would never understand because there's so many times people come to me with something and they say one thing. And then when I tell them what I got from it, they're like, oh, no, I meant this. And I'm like, how in the world did you think that that's what that was going to convey? But that's, you know, that's that's what that's what people do. And so it's given me lots and lots of perspective. So definitely a blessing. I really enjoy it. And it's also taught me that even though I'm a part of something, my goal is to put my work ethic, work ethic on it and not my mm-hmm. work. And that is something I'm learning as a, working with other people too, because there's times that some people may want me to do something that I personally wouldn't do. I personally disagree with, and I don't. I start to try to think that the outcome affects my worth, and it doesn't. As right. long as I give them my work ethic, as long as I do everything that I can to give them what I think is the best way to go, it's their book, it's their story, it's their vision. I can step out of the way, still have been a part of that and not feel guilty or less than if if it's not successful due to, um, or successful due to them not taking my advice. Right, right. Okay, so your your main message to your readers, (laughs) you said you want them to always believe in themselves and celebrate differences together. Yes. Why is that message so important to you? Because I truly believe on a grander scale of things that people not celebrating their differences is some of the root and the cause of bullying. And bullying leads to high suicidal rates in our youth. Mm. So if I can teach them in 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 a second sense to find differences in each other, but champion those differences... Why are those differences make them great in themselves and in other people versus making fun of them versus that and that be reason why they're better than someone else? I may be able to help um, eradicate the bullying and the things that um, make other people feel less than and worthless to the point where they want to take their lives, especially if I can stop it at, a, at you. Mm. Yeah, that's impressive impressive so have you ever been overloaded with work like have you ever worked on more than one book at the same time or have you ever tried to meet a deadline or put a book out and almost didn't meet the deadline all of the above (laughs) so number one I, i love to work on multiple projects at once it's important to me that i do that because i have learned that it has helped me with writer's block uh, reading and working on multiple projects will help me with writer's block because the more I feed my myself information and things about my subject and my topic, 
the more my brain works and starts to see other avenues and opportunities. I do that and sometimes too. Yes. In addition, when I'm working on multiple projects, sometimes I'm overworking one particular thing. I need to step back and leave it alone, but I don't need to be idle. I can still use that brain power and that energy that I want to go towards something. And I don't start to feel down on missing that by working on another project, putting that energy somewhere else. And then eventually, as I continue to read and do that, it'll spark. Oh, maybe this is what goes here. So I, I, I personally tend to like to work on multiple items at once. Now, deadlines. I have learned quickly in this journey that people will remember how great the book is, but they won't remember how fast it's put out. And rushing to put a book out can be very expensive. It can be very costly and not just money, but reputation wise, because when you put out things too early and there are issues with it, your reader base is honest, especially when they don't know you. Mm. And so that can hurt your reputation before you can get it started because you were in such a rush to do it. So yes, I have learned um, that deadlines are important, but making realistic deadlines and being honest and not be about not being able to make it and shifting also just equally as important. Right. So how many books do you have published? Four. I have four books published and now you guys can't see them because this is not visual, but they are all here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so out of those four books, which book means the most to you i do not like that i mean i know i know they all i know they all mean stuff i know they all mean something but like it's always that one uh thing that you did or worked on that stands out out of all of them they all might be dead to your heart oh my gosh and you know but if you like, can pick one which one means the most to you i like how you did that dear to your heart thing i like that <laughs> <laughs> but I will say it, I'm covering my book's ears, but I will say that Worth the Wood is definitely, definitely my favorite. It's my favorite because it is the reason that all the other ones exist. So I I love it. Was that the first one or the second one? That's the first one. That's the the very first one. Okay. Worth the Wood is my first baby. And because not only just the fact that I was able to complete it and do it to push myself, but also the story itself is about persistence. So even when I'm down, I read that book for inspiration. I have a lot of fans and a lot of parents who reach out to me and they tell me, I bought two books, one for my daughter, one for me, because I need to read Worth the Wood to keep me going. It is definitely an inspirational book. Oh, okay, okay. So what are some of your other interests outside of writing? Speaking. I, I forget that. I do public speaking. Oh my gosh. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> and you know what it is? When you've been you for so long, because that's everybody's plight, you don't even think about how great you are as a person. You know, you don't even think about all the things that make you awesome. So when somebody sits next to you, sits down with you and tells you how awesome you are, ask you, you're like, oh yeah, I do that. But you know, it's just natural from your heart. So speaking, public speaking is important to me. Uh, Working with the youth, I work with the youth um, a lot. That's very important to me. Um, anything that has to do with growth is important to me. Now, things I'm trying to avoid saying because I don't want to sound cliche. I read a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I love reading, and I know that's not cool. So I'm nah, trying. Man, I mean, look, man, look. 
I think people made it not cool. But it, is, it is, though. It is. It is. It definitely is. I myself, I'm not even going to lie. I don't do a lot of reading. Only, I guess I'll say I read what I want to, I guess. I don't know. But it's not that I don't think it's, you know, not cool or something, you know. But it is what it is. But I'm going to go back to this. You said you write poetry, too. Yes. Now... Sometimes I like to put people in the hot seat. So I would love for you to close us out with a poem that you wrote already or something that's dear to your heart. I do (laughs) have poetry that I've written already, actually. Hold on. And let me see if it's already over here in my workspace because it is. There we go. Now, this one is not... um, this is not for kids. <laughs> okay. I will read this to you. It's not, it's nothing bad, but I, this is not a children based um, poem. So this one is called, I won't let a win distract me. It is easy for a loser to accept a loss. He was preconditioned for the news, but the same goes for a winner. The difference lies in their subconscious views. If I aim for the moon in the sky, but land amongst the trees, I will celebrate because I'm better placed to aim again with ease. My greatness is self-defined and its attainment will never be possessed. If I just give up trying at the first sign of success, I won't confuse something working for something that has worked. One push gets the baby crowning, but it doesn't complete the birth. So I'll enjoy my afro of celebration and then I'll let hot comb thoughts relax me because my true purpose is to make a difference and not a living. Not a living. I won't let a win distract me. <laughs> hey, look, I like that part. You said I let my, what'd you say? I let my hot comb. Uh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that, man. That was tight. That was tight. Well, you know what? I appreciate you coming on my platform. Of course. Letting us talk about all of this greatness. Well, you all of these me, books. And I want to say one more thing before I go. And this one is to you and it is to your readers. I want to say thank you for letting me come on here. But I want to say keep going. This has been an awesome wonderful experience I want you to know that I really appreciate you reaching out to me thinking of me as somebody that would be a guest on your podcast and enjoying what it is that I have to offer and making me feel comfortable on here I want you to know you do this awesome and you do this you do this with such flair and it's it's, it's just a conversation I don't feel uncomfortable you laugh so it, it's awesome that you're doing this as a podcast host. I don't know how long you've been doing it, but for your listeners, he really puts a lot into this. He interviewed me prior to, he coached me. So I just want to make sure that your flowers are given to you on your platform as a guest and let people know that coming on here is going to be a huge stepping stone for me. But also, it's a great thing to sit down with somebody who genuinely cares and is interested in what you're saying. He made sure before I got out on here that he agreed with my thought process. He was interested. So 
please, please, please take time to thank him when you can for giving you quality information and quality, um, quality work. It's awesome. With that being said, guys, I need to get on up out of here before Miss Darren make me cry. <laughs> I appreciate all my listeners for taking the time out to listen to this interview. More content to come. Thank you once again. If y'all want to check out Miss Darren, go to her website, farmfables.com. Look at all the children books she have on there from her or other authors, whatever the case may be. Check out all of that. All right. Appreciate you. Bye, guys.